Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And also brought to you by Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock Fish Cleaning Stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. Also brought to you by... Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. Hello, listeners. This is the producer of this show, Johnny Gwynn, and Brian is out this week dealing with a family emergency. But we have a special episode, and it is a special with Joe Byer from the Northwest Florida Fishing Report and Butch Theory from the Alabama Saltwater Fishing Report about the growing use of fishing from a jet ski. They will talk with a Sea-Doo Fishing Pro ambassador, and she shares her pros and cons of jet ski fishing, why she started, pro tips and techniques she has picked up along the way, and they'll discuss safety and equipment and Features to look for in a fishing jet ski if you're looking to join the jet ski fishing revolution. Enjoy this great episode, and Brian will be back next week with our regular freshwater report. Thanks again for listening. Hey guys, and welcome back to a special episode on the Great Days Outdoors Podcast Network. We have a cool interview lined up for you today. We're interviewing somebody awesome that does a ton of jet ski fishing. She fishes out of a sea dew fish pro and they have really uh made leaps and bounds in this industry joe it's pretty crazy to think about i started seeing people jet ski fishing i think it was back around 2008 i think it's been i'm sure it's people have been going out and doing it all you know since before that i'm sure but man you see some there's some contraptions that people have come up with oh man i've seen them with like aluminum t-tops and 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 rod rod launchers launchers and and all kind of you know just (laughs) craziness but i've also seen some really cool videos folks running way offshore catching pelagics that you know guys are spending millions on sport fishing boats to catch 
Uh, and they're doing it from a jet ski, doing it fast, getting in and out, very maneuverable. But, you know, is this really a thing? Is this really right, you know, for everybody? I think we're going to find out today. Uh, obviously, it's right for our guest. This week, we're talking with Bree Andresy, and she does a lot of her fishing from a jet ski. Let's find out what works, what doesn't, who it's right for, who it's not right for, and uh, really just anything you need to be thinking about if you think this might be for you. Bree, welcome to the podcast. I want to first know more about you, uh, how you kind of got into this uh, before we jump into really the meat and potatoes of, of jet ski fishing. It's an interesting new topic. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, I'm in South Florida. I'm based out of Jupiter, Florida, and I am a full-time nursing professor and I fish every second I get. So I have summers off and Christmas break off and I'm pretty much fishing as much as I possibly can. I started sea-doo fishing because I got stuck in one too many storms offshore in a kayak. So I, I started offshore kayak fishing years ago and like I said, South Florida pop-up storms, uh, it's hard to get in fast and I it was one too many storms and I started thinking, man, it would be really great to have an engine so that <laughs> I could get in faster. In 2019, Sea-Doo came out with their, their Fish Pro, and that was the first fishing jet ski. And as soon as I saw that machine, I was like, this was made for me. Safety-wise, you get out there uh, faster, you fish longer, you get in fast, and it's it's just an all-around fun vessel to, to fish off of. Well, you said it. I mean, for you, it was a, really a safety thing. You got caught in a couple storms. I have been and butch as well we have the same been... exact issues here in normal northern gulf coast i mean it can no be doubt. beautiful bluebird skies that could be 70 knots and four foot seas in about 30 seconds so we could definitely yeah. relate to that yeah <laughs> and i've and i've been caught in some storms too and and just questioned my whole existence you know in those moments <laughs> you know like why am i here who am i you know <laughs> what am i doing why do i life? deserve this uh but <laughs> But yeah, you know, you get in, you kind of, if you've ever had a scary experience on the water, you get in and you're like, I am not going to let that happen again. So for you, it sounds like your start into jet ski fishing was really just a safety thing. I think, you know, it's funny hearing you, you that you came out of kayak fishing because Butch and I talk about that a lot. You know, we're like, all right, you know, kayak fishing, simple, simplistic, you know, kind of like kumbaya on the water. And then you see some of these new kayaks and you're like, holy crap, you know, these things have got and crazy they're they've gotten it's expensive they've gotten technological mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's it's a why not just get a boat you know so that's my first question is um yeah why not just get a boat why why <laughs> go from from uh kayak fishing to jet ski fishing what made you go that route yeah so i actually thought about getting a boat this year too and it came down to do i have a place to store it i would have to get a trailer for it the one in particular that i was looking at and then I got to thinking, how often do I go out alone compared to bringing, you know, family or friends with me? And 90% of the time, I'm either fishing myself or one other person. So then I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have the maintenance of this boat, the space to keep it, or if I choose to keep it on the water, then I'm paying for dockage, right? And fuel, <laughs> the cost of fuel. Yeah. And then just practically afterwards, when you bring it in, you're exhausted, then you get the the joy of, of cleaning your boat, right? So I was on the verge, I was thinking, you know what, if my if my parents live down here, I would love to have a vessel where I could take them out a couple times and 
but they visit maybe one to two times a year and I take them on the sea dues. I have two units out back and I'm like, all right, we're going to go on an adventure together. Now, if I was fishing with them more frequently, yes, I would like to have a boat. So how many people are you fishing with? Is it a family? Is it, you know, is it typically yourself and maybe one other person? You can definitely fish two people comfortably on the fish pro. So I, I still said, I'm like, it's not worth it for me. Maybe right now to invest in a boat and then have to keep up with all the maintenance and just all of the things, the fuel, the cost, and just keeping it in a practical place. How often am I going to use it compared to using the sea where I can just roll out there, easy to trailer, easy to maintain. And it's, it's pretty simple to clean afterwards too. Just quick yeah. spray down. <laughs> I like the idea of simple cleaning and the storage too. I mean, gosh, if I could back my boat in the garage, how amazing would that be? You know, right. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about how you kind of get went from a kayak to the sea do. I mean, that's what most people buy a sea do for is to go out in bigger waves and jump stuff. So that kind of <laughs> makes sense. You get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, there's there's been a couple storms that I was stuck in in the sea do, and. One in particular, I think three boats sank that day and I made it in and I was thinking, oh my gosh, how did I not roll a sea And And everybody was talking to you, they're like, they're actually really, really hard to to sink and to roll. And and I got to thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? The way that you cut through waves and I'm like, if I was in a boat, I probably would have, I probably would have sank that day too. Yeah, that's what they're made for. And also, like you <laughs> said, the trailering, I mean, you get a boat, then you got to get a bigger truck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, uh, that's some of the pros of fishing from a jet ski. I could easily see that. I think, too, you know, it's just kind of um, one of the things I've always enjoyed about kayak fishing is I can catch a, you know, I can catch a 20-inch red snapper out of a kayak and I can go catch a 20-inch red snapper out of a boat. And I'm just, I'm pumped up when I catch that 20-inch snapper out of the kayak. You know, it feels like I've accomplished something. And I would think that if I was on a Sea-Doo, it'd be the same thing. You know, the just the, the feeling of accomplishment is probably a little bit greater because it's more of a challenge. But what about the con side of things? Like you mentioned, you know, you're most of the time by yourself. And even when you're not by yourself, you're probably with one or two other people. So, you know, having a couple of CDs is plenty uh, for what you want to do. But cons wise, like what what are you seeing as, as some of the things maybe get on your nerves when you're you're jet ski fishing or, or those moments where you go, man, I, this is not quite right. Yeah. When the days that I wish I had a boat are the days when the conditions are just a little bit too rough to take a sea out of the inlet. That's where I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's three to four, you know, foot seas and the wind's a little bit higher and the intervals are a little bit shorter. And I'm like, if I was in a boat, I can push through that. And I'm I'm sure I'd be able to get out there. And I'm always. Yeah. But would you, would you really want to though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I'm off that day, I'm going to try. But on a sea I have to be more cautious with that. Or even when I'm out there, if I know the intervals are short, I'm going to be rocking. It's a smaller vessel. So I'm going to mm. be feeling it most of the day. So is it is it worth it to fish those days where if I was on a larger vessel and I was out there, it would be more comfortable. I wouldn't say it would be the best day of fishing when you know it's it's poor conditions, it's poor conditions, right? But I there were times where I'm like, I know I could get out on a boat right now and I can't on a sea do. So that's a con for me. And just space. I mean, being on a boat, having more space, you can walk around. Um, if you have another person on with you too, it's it's limited space in the sense of maneuvering. 
I definitely have enough space for my tackle and my gear. I have never complained about that, but it's more so maneuvering around the other person. If conditions are a little bit choppier and I'm fishing offshore, so I'm not inshore, flat waters, freshwater, totally different. But when I'm offshore and there's a little bit of wind chop or I'm trying to maneuver around that person, I'm a little bit more careful as I'm doing it. Makes makes total sense. Uh, but like you say, if you're spending most of your time fishing alone or fishing with, you know, maybe just one other person, I mean, having, having a couple of sea dudes, even having two, you know, that's still going to be easier to store, just probably overall easier or uh, less expensive to own and maintain than having a boat. Definitely. And I'm with Butch. I mean, I've been out enough rough days. I'm like, Three to fours? Nah, I'm good. It's rough. You know? It's rough. I don't, it's fine. rough. It's rough. I don't care. If what it's not sea dew weather. I'm not going out there uh, <laughs> anymore. What's your What's your personal best fish from the jet ski? Uh, personal fish uh, would be probably sailfish. Sailfish oh, wow. off the sea dew. I'm off of the Palm Beach area, so we have a lot of the sailfish tournaments. We're in a good area for sailfish, so. Every time I go out there, I'm trying to catch a sailfish just because ever since I was a little girl, that was, you know, the bucket list fish to catch. Um, and that I get to do that, you know, pretty close to where I live is really, really cool. So I take the sea out there and I'm always going for a sail outside of fish when conditions are really bad offshore and it's hunting season and I get gator tags. I got an eight foot 11 alligator off the sea Oh, wow. So... That was probably one of my favorite catches. <laughs> yeah, that's that counts. I can't even uh, imagine what that would look like. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> yeah. That is very cool. Very cool. Well, you you mentioned, obviously, you're, you're fishing offshore a good bit uh, on the jet ski. You fish inshore as well? I do fish inshore. If I have the option of fishing offshore, though, I'm definitely going to take that every time. But I will fish uh, for snook. And I mean, we don't really have a high concentration of reds in this area but we do have some pretty large snook. So I will target those every now and then when I can't get offshore. Yeah, for sure. Well, talking about offshore, I mean, offshore here on the Northern Gulf Coast can be, I'd say probably 40, you know, 40, 50, 60 miles. How far are you running on this thing? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that a lot. I go to the different boat shows and Mm. they're like, oh yeah, that's like 60 miles for us. I'm like, okay, yes, not practical. Yeah, Eight to 10 for me on average, I have taken it 30. The range on the Fish Pro is, I mean, depending on the conditions, if it's choppier, you're using more fuel to get out there. But say it's a relatively flat day, your range is typically around 100 miles. Oh, wow. So that's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is definitely for me. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and it, definitely where you are. Getting back to what you were saying in the beginning, you know, you kind of came from a kayak. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of our kayak anglers were blessed here on the Emerald Coast uh, to have. Uh, some really close, a really robust uh, reef system that is very close, fair, fairly close to shore. Uh, a lot of opportunities for kayak anglers to get on reefs that are, you know, three miles and in or so. But once you start getting past that three mile mark, you're kind of getting into unfamiliar territory for a lot of kayak anglers. Mm-hmm. You're kind of getting into this, a little, little bit dangerous, even. You're out, um, you're out there. Mm-hmm. If a storm kicks up. And so there's a lot more opportunities too, from say three miles to eight miles. And I could see, you know, for somebody that says, man, I just wish I just want to go a little bit further, you know, <laughs> like just, just a little bit. And and I've seen guys, you know, too, I mean, these are becoming popular. A lot of the electric propulsion motors for kayaks, you know, I mean, 
everybody's looking to just always get a little bit further. A little more. You that's know, right. I always feel like that's you know, where the fish are. That's where the fish are. They're not here. They're not here where I'm from, in your so. mind. They're going to be anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gotta be, you know, you were talking about just getting around on the, on the jet ski and, and fishing. Have you found that there's any like particular techniques fishing from the jet ski that work really well? And then some that are really hard. Yeah. Do? So typically I'll go out and I'll drift usually have two lines out because I'm always trying to get that sailfish. So I'll have two lives, maybe a pilchard and a gog. And then I am vertical jigging that whole time too. So very easy to drift off of. Um, I have a friend out of Miami that will deep drop off of his sea dew and also uh, troll. So I've seen him do it by himself and I'm just amazed. Uh, you know, he's going for Wahoo. He's like, driving, gaffing a Wahoo. He has his planers on and I'm like, that is incredible. I have trolled off of my Sea-Doo. I'm just in awe of, of him being able to do that with, with the planers, with the Wahoo, with the unit moving. I think that's harder to do, but it is possible. I prefer to drift. I prefer to troll. Um, if I am trolling, I'm usually using divers or something like that. Uh, I want to get into the planer fishing because I know there's Wahoo right out, right out in Jupiter that I, I really want to target, but, um, I'm definitely probably going to dig into that a little bit more this summer, but I'd say drifting's really easy. Bottom fishing, the planer fishing, I would say is harder. <laughs> yeah. But to make it easier, doesn't that fish pro have like a, like a cruise control, so to speak, you can set it at X minus knots and troll. Yeah. So they have, uh, from one to nine, but it depends on the conditions too. So if you're uh, fighting heavier conditions, you're going to go slower. It's kind of like a built-in trolling motor kind of. Kind of. I'm, I've been asking for, for spot lock for some time now. We'll see if they down the road, but if, if they did have spot lock to fishing those, those bottom, you know, the fishing, the reefs fishing inshore would be uh, a lot easier. So that's something where if I had spot lock, I'd probably fish more inshore too. Yeah. All right, folks, let's take a quick break and uh, keep in mind the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. This segment was brought to you by Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. 
your metal roofing headquarters and brought to you by northalabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And we're back talking with Bree Andresy about everything you'd want to know to learn and become a jet ski fisherman. Bree, you mentioned uh, goggles, and that that brings me to live bait fishing. I mean, you're obviously doing that. What's what's the live well situation like? That's been something that you know, going back to kayak fishing, a lot of different kind of methods to get some live baits when you're out there, but a lot of them are very limited in terms of the quantity you can keep. What kind of live well setup do you have? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2022, CDU came out with a live well for the Fish Pro. This was something that I was asking for for a couple of years. I used to take a dry bag and fill up my cooler and put bubblers on it just to try to keep live bait because I'm trying to go for those sailfish. And 2022, they came out with one where it's, you know, salt water. If you're in salt, fresh, if you're in fresh, it doesn't have a fresh water or salt water tank or anything like that. But you can also use it for a washdown. So there's a hose off the back and then you can use it as a washdown. It connects to your cooler. And I have been able to keep a dozen gogs and two dozen pilchard at the same time uh, in the live well. And they've stayed alive while I was running out and fishing and I fish all day. And it's, you can use the intermittent setting where it turns on once every three minutes, or you can have it on continuously and it's connected to a separate battery other than the one that is used, the main one that's used for the unit. So the fish finder and the live well are connected to its own battery. That's awesome. That's a great point to bring up too. What kind of fish finders are you running? Uh, the one that is on the Fish Pro Trophy, which is the unit that has the live well function, um, is a Garmin, a touchscreen seven inch Garmin. That's awesome, man. That's that's crazy. Uh advanced. I love how they're doing stuff that's so innovative, man. It's crazy. I mean, I've seen videos of you, like you're talking about, you know, maybe drifting a few and you're on the side. I mean, you have your feet in the splash well jigging and your boat up and that thing is incredibly stable. It's pretty awesome. That's um, the thing too. People who have had experiences on jet skis, the fish pro is not your typical jet right. ski. So, um, I, I kind of equate it to paddleboarding too. When people first get on a paddleboard, if it's not made for your height and weight and the specs won't match the person who's on it, it's very unstable and people typically fall off of them. A lot of experiences with jet skis have been, you know, they rent it and they're like, oh, this is so unstable or how are we going to catch a fish off of it? I just had a few guys come in from California to fish this past weekend and their experience is you know, being on jet skis in high school and falling off. And, and I'm like, guys, we're going to be offshore. And I'm telling them, you know, the two rules, don't drop the rod and don't get bit. And if you drop the rod, don't get bit. Cause we have so many sharks around us. And they're just like, oh, what do you mean? Until they get out there and they're just like, oh, okay, this is really stable. They're like jumping up and down on it. And they're like moving it all around. They're like, our thought was we were definitely going to be in the water because we we're going, you know, jet ski fishing. 
Um, so they are extremely stable. They can technically, the Fish Pro can technically fit three people on it. I've gone myself and my my mom and my dad on one unit. And I think we we're just, just like right under the weight capacity, but we we're, you know, just cruising, going along um, and nobody fell off. So <laughs> they're like, this is really stable. So it's completely different than what you've experienced in the past if you had a poor jet ski experience. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of poor experiences, you're talking about, you know, giving those guys some tips. And I remember I'll, I'll let this person remain nameless, but I, I went, <laughs> I went offshore with somebody not too long ago and we got to the first spot and they were like, we got there and they like shut the engine off. And I was like, uh, why'd you shut the engine off? And they were like, oh, I mean, you yeah, we're where we want to be. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't turn the engine off, you know, offshore. That's just bad. Like, you don't do that. You know, <laughs> like we're not doing it. Like turn it back on now, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> I how we get that, home. That's just the way I do things. It's a little, little tips like that. Like what if your battery is dead and you know this, so what kind of tips do you have for folks maybe looking uh, to get into jet ski fishing? You know, you mentioned that the fish pro is not your typical jet ski. So, I mean, like, it sounds like you're saying like, it's going to be a big difference. You're not, don't just go grab a random jet ski and go fishing and assume that that, you know, is all the same, but what do you, what do you think? What have you learned as you've gotten into this? Yeah. And if you're new to this, I would definitely say to try before you buy, because it is a completely different feel. I, I tell, I tell this to people as well with the the paddle boards. I do the paddleboard fishing. I'm like, you want to get on it. You want to have a feel you, you want to know that you're not going to fall off of your paddleboard. Right. And it can handle you. The fish pros can handle a lot of gear, a lot of weight. It's just, it's different than if you're coming from fishing on a boat to a sea do. Um, so just getting a feel for it. And I've tried to point people to uh, not only the local dealers, because not all of them have like a day on the water where you can test the units. Um, there is a, it's called Uncharted Society and they have different um, adventures that you could, you could go on. Uh, there's one out on Lake Powell and it's, amazing you you get to fish lake powell they have i think like a dozen units if if you're close and you know you want to you want to buy a unit but you've never been on it i would recommend looking up on chartered society and i think there's one maybe about 45 minutes away from where i live and they have a few fish pros as well and they're like jet ski rental place right so they they you would have the ability to get on and to feel and to see the room that you have, where you would keep your gear, how much gear that you typically would bring out. It's just a try before you buy. I I think that's wise to do. If you're able to see it in person and talk to a dealer, see how the unit works. If you're able to get up on it and picture yourself, right. Being on, on the unit and just getting a feel for, for how you'd fish off of it and the capacity that you would fish. It's not your typical jet ski. So yeah. Right. That's great. That's great advice. I mean, we no, preach that all the time. Uh, we obviously on our fishing reports, we're interviewing fishing guides uh, every single week. And, you know, it's one of the things we always say is like, look, I mean, I've been fishing my whole life. I still love going with, with fishing guides because number one, I learn something every single time I go. But but secondary to that, if you're looking to get into kayak fishing, go with a kayak fishing guy. Try some of their kayaks out. See how they've got them set up. Yep. Um, make sure that they fit you. I'm a big guy, you know, uh, and I've got to make sure that whatever I'm on, especially from the kayak paddleboard, you know, you're talking about, I got to make sure that stuff fits me well. 
But I want to go back to really what got you into this in the first place, which is safety. I mean, for you, it was a safety concern. Is there anything you need to do differently um, when you're jet ski fishing from a safety perspective? Yeah, so I preach safety because I absolutely, when people watch my videos, I hope it inspires them to try something that they've never tried before. But while they're doing that, I hope that they're safe (laughs) while they're doing that. Of course. Not everybody sees all the safety equipment that I bring out. So I think last year I just did a video and I was like, this is everything that I have with me. Please do this the same when you go out and you try these things because I don't want anybody getting lost uh, offshore or it just, you always have to be safe. Um, With a personal watercraft in general, you always have to have a fire extinguisher on board. So pretty much all dealers will tell you that when you get your, your vessel, there's a little, uh, just place that latches in for the fire extinguisher. So that is very, very important to have VHF radio, whistle, visual distress or flares. And while you are riding, you have to be wearing a life vest, a Coast Guard approved PFD, not one of the ones that it's automatic. It inflates when you hit the water. It needs to be a solid life life vest at all times. Me personally, I bring an emergency life vessel with me because I fish by myself. Any vessel that I would be on, I would always bring an emergency life vessel if they don't have it, or if I'm using a boat, or if I'm going by myself or one other person, there's no other units going out, I will always have that with me. Personal locator beacon. I do not have an EPIRB on the Fish Pro. I have looked into getting one. I would like to, I would recommend having one. And you, always want to be visible. Uh, so bright colors or having a flag on the unit, I will tell you when you're going fast, that flag doesn't last super long. <laughs> so find a cheap, cheap, bright flag <laughs> that you can have a couple of them so that when you're, when you're running or even when you're fishing, you're just stagnant, right. And you're drifting, uh, there's some pretty big boats out there and a lot of them are on <laughs> cruise control, autopilot, and you're like, wow, that boat's getting pretty quick. And I don't know about you, but when I'm offshore and I see a boat coming, it always looks like it's going dead at you. Oh, <laughs> oh like, yeah. Do they see me? Do they not see me? Do they see me? What is it? Um, air horn too. You could always have on you as well, but I make sure to keep all of that with me. I bring something like a battery jumper just in case. And I also bring an extra relay, just some of the fuses. I I talked to my dealer and I was like, what possibly could go wrong if I'm out there by myself? What should I have with me? And something that can just kind of fail after a couple of years is the relay. Super easy. It's like $4. You can get it on Amazon. So I always keep an extra a few of those because if your unit doesn't turn on, you're dead in the water. So CTO, I make sure I have my CTO up to date. And yeah, I, I try to make sure that where I'm running isn't full of debris. Uh, you got to remember with a CDO or jet ski, it's jet propulsion. It's not a prop. So if you run over a rope and it gets tangled up in the shaft, you're going to be, you're going to be stuck. So uh, you need to make sure that you have the appropriate gear with you. So if you're ever in that situation that one, the Coast Guard can find you, you have appropriate visibility, you have VHF ways to communicate. 
Um, and I always make sure that I send my location to a few people when I go offshore, uh, just so they know <laughs> they can find me. Sometimes if I'm a little bit too far, I always have uh, on my radio, my exact GPS uh, location so that I can always communicate that if necessary. All great tips. Uh, I want to take you back to what you were just saying about jet propulsion. What can you get away with in terms of like, say you're fishing in an area that's got a lot of sargasm. Is that going to give give you trouble? I know we've had a lot of guys where that's given their you know water pump impellers trouble Absolutely. or their live yeah. well pumps trouble. What can you get away with? Yes. So that is a great question. And I will say that Sea-Doo is very innovative and they've listened to our concerns, especially when I'm running the weed lines and there's all this grass that gets up in, in jet propulsion, right? So um, ideally, you do not want to have to jump in the water when you have a dozen sharks around you and grab the sargasm out of the intake rate. Uh, they actually came up in 2021 with the IDF system. So it's intelligent debris free system. So it's a reverse flow through the intake. So with that jet propulsion, just as much as when you throttle, it, it shoots out. It then does that through the intake system when you have the IDF on, which has been huge. And I'm newer into the sea fishing. I would say when it came out in 2019, that was the first time that I really thought about fishing off of a jet ski. Uh, so I can imagine the years and years and years prior to that, the frustration that so many people had just, just riding personal watercrafts of jet propulsion and sucking things up and having to, to get up there yeah. and rip it out. And so it has turned into when, when I first heard about it, it turned into something like, Oh, do you think I'll use that? Yeah, maybe I'll use that. And then I literally use it every trip now. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and it's like, I used to have the 2019 model and then the 2021. And I would so go on the 2021 because I knew that it had the IDF system rather than the 2019. Just the peace of mind on that, I'm sure it's huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I go back to thinking of when I had the old unit without the IDF, that was when I went for the alligator. And I remember going through Lake Okeechobee thinking, man, if I suck something up bad here <laughs> and I get stuck, this is, this is, this is going to be rough. And I knew that they were coming out with the 2021. I'm like, maybe I should wait to do this, but I only have tags right now. So I might not get tags next year. So let's, let's just try. But yeah, and looking back at that, I'm like, I can't believe I did that without the IDF system. That was so stupid. Yeah, if you would have had to uh, get out and uh, get that strainer clean in, uh, in that, I'm yeah, sure that wouldn't have been that fun at all at night. Yeah, Butch, maybe we shouldn't be taking safety advice from the jet ski gator hunter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I've learned a lot of things along the way, though. <laughs> That's right. That was many years ago. That's many years ago. <laughs> all right, folks, let's take a quick break and uh, keep in mind the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. This segment was brought to you by TexasHunter.com. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter Products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. Also by 
OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learn the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And we're back talking with Bree Andresi to learn and become a jet ski fisherman. Well, Bree, going back to kind of your essential gear, I know we had talked a little bit about in the beginning. I've heard you at least mention three rods. You say you do two live bait sometimes and then one jigging. Um, obviously, space is going to be a, lim- a little bit more limited than on some other vessels. But like kind of what's your ideal gear list? I know that thing has a has a huge hatch in the front where you put a bunch of stuff and it's got the live well on the back. But what does your essential gear list look like? Yeah, so I keep it super simple. It might just be for my kayak fishing days, but I pretty much take the same amount of gear as I would take kayak fishing. Of course, you need to have a gaff, a fish bag, which so that is also another thing with the live well. Uh, since the live well is the cooler, you would want to bring a fish bag with you to keep your catch if you choose to do that. And I just strap it on. They have a little link system, pieces that pop up, and I strap my fish bag to the link system. Um, but gaff, fish bag, fluoro, hooks, wire, pliers, knife, jigs, all the essentials. Uh, you would be surprised how big that center console area actually is. Uh, since I keep an emergency life vessel in there, it's a it's it's a six person one. So it's it's bigger than it needs to be, but that was the only one that was in stock. So um, it takes up a good amount of my center console. But again, I've never been hurting for space. And it might be because I came from, you know, the mindset of keeping right. it simple for a kayak to now I'm I'm I have a ton of space in my mind. <laughs> right. Well, you do a bunch but, of stand up paddle boarding stuff too, and that's going to be yeah. even smaller gear list. You think you need a lot, but then when you're actually out there, how much do you actually use? So, yeah. but well, I, mean, I would imagine coming from a boat to a sea do, if you're used to bringing a lot of gear with you, a bunch of bags, a bunch of buckets, all of that, it would be different than, than, you know, having the limited space. And I think, I mean, most, um, all the fish I catch are going to be too big for that cooler on the thing. So the oh, fish yeah, bag definitely. is going to be, you know, I'm just pretty much only catching the big ones. So monsters makes sense. Oh. <laughs> the tail sticking out of the bag. It's a good yeah, day. <laughs> that's right. You know, uh, you, you talked about the, the IDF system, several other features that are unique to the fish pro, you know, it being a jet ski that has been kind of designed for that specific Seems like it's purpose. been through many different kind of iterations yeah, yeah and and, been... and that's cool that they're listening you know like you're out there in the field you're going hey yeah, yeah. what about this and, oh okay yeah we'll fix that you've mentioned a lot of these already but are there any other features that are important to you i mean like think it, it sounds like for you you would not choose a jet ski that was not a fishing jet ski i mean you, you wouldn't go grab a jet ski and try to modify it, it to go fishing right. No, I've seen, I've seen prior to them coming out with the fish pro, they've taken the GTX and the GTI and they've jerry rigged, you know, coolers and stuff to go on the back. I mean, jet ski fishing isn't new as of 2019. It's people have been doing it for decades. Right. So the actual one that was, that was made for fishing was, you know, started in 2019, just like you said, they, they listened to, to our feedback and we're saying, Hey, we need uh, live well, we need, you know, uh, upgraded fish finder. It would be better for, you know, what we're doing. I would say they did a great job with the amount of space that they put into the center console for 
the fish pro, uh, the fish pro trophy sport, they, they come all with the same mold or the same, uh, platform, but the live well for me is essential for what I'm doing and really just having a reliable fish finder too. I think, I mean, I've had little skiffs and stuff and I don't, just not having a reliable like vessel is, is frustrating. <laughs> you never want to be in that situation. Right. But I would say that the fish pro has been super, super reliable in, in all aspects. So that has been really helpful for me in, in fishing. And, but I would say that the key feature for me would be that live well for the kind of fishing that I do. Yep. Seems like that would be important. And, uh, looking at the fish pro whenever we were kind of planning this thing out it has a kind of an elevated seat that swivels doesn't it they have a swivel seat it is not a fighting chair it is ah, a swivel seat yeah. <laughs> i have a lot of people at the boat shows come up like oh look at this fighting chair and it's <laughs> not, not a fighting chair i mean absolutely if you're freshwater fishing inshore fishing uh you know and you you kind of want that bass boat kind of feel you have that swivel seat uh, which is really, really cool. And and even just hanging out, going to the sandbar, just it's neat to be able to put that up. And I'd imagine if you had kids or anything like that, it would be it would be a great asset to have. Offshore fishing, I do not use that as much because you're you're going through chop. If you're trolling, I'm not going to be using something like that either. But uh, I've known a lot of people who really, really love that feature. And it is mind blowing when you see all these people come up at the boat show and they're just like, whoa, a swivel seat on a sea dew. No way. Yeah. So it is really cool. That was that was a neat feature that they came up with. Bree, do you bring an anchor with you? Not offshore, although there is a small anchor that they have on the Fish Pro. Um, it's more of like a kayak size anchor. So you could use that inshore freshwater. Uh, if I was, I mean, where I live, it's harder to, to bottom fish without being in like, I don't know, a hundred plus feet of water. Hmm. You could go to the more shallower reefs, but I don't typically do that. Uh, if I did, I would probably take a, a larger anchor with me and, and drop it down. When I dive, I do take an anchor. I overkill on the weight of my anchor just because if I'm out there or snorkeling or if I have somebody who's not as familiar, I don't want to let pop up and not see my unit there. So the anchor that I bring is is like 20 pounds, yeah. way overkill. Okay. <laughs> but I've been, I've been on the other side of that. You always Amen. want to overkill on an anchor. Yeah. I've, I've never Amen. been, I've never seen somebody who was upset with their anchor holding in place, but I, no <laughs> doubt the yeah. inverse is not so true. So yeah, I, I'll take that out with me if I'm diving or something like that. And I just keep that in the footwell. Or if the cooler's empty, I'll keep the larger anchor in the cooler. Yep. Well, Bree, this has been fun to pick your brain on on your years of jet ski fishing. It's um, been a fun topic. Whenever we first came up with this idea, I was like, I know exactly who we got to interview for right? this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I'm sure. I, I I did not realize you'd taken a gator from the from the jet ski. I'm gonna have to go look this one up. <laughs> if if folks want to follow along, and I mean, the other question, I guess, is. Where do you keep the raccoon on the jet ski? <laughs> so sometimes when I take him out, I'm usually bait fishing. So I'm, I'm not bringing a big fish bag or anything like that. But so where I would keep my fish bag, I keep his crate. So I strap it to the same place I would strap the fish bag. And then he has his little crate. So if I'm going out of the inlet, he's always locked in the in the crate. And then once I get out there, I open his door and I, I let him come out if he chooses to, if he likes to stay in there. There was one time where and just 
my location where I'm fishing, we have a ton of sharks. It's very highly concentrated where we're at. They have shark diving, all of that. So you could imagine having three to five sharks around you at all times during the summer when you're out there fishing. So he likes to put his hands in the water and he listens really well when I tell him no. But the first time I took him out there, I was so, I was just head on a swivel, trying to catch bait, making sure he's okay. He pops out and he starts putting his little hands in the water and I'm like, Sanchez, no. And he looks (laughs) up at me. So like raccoons get offended, by the way, I don't know if y'all knew that, (laughs) but they can get very offended. And he looked up at me like he was just like, okay, fine. And then he goes in his crate and he just stayed in his crate for a while. But we had a shark that was swimming up on us. And I'm like, you know, his little hands. I'm like, I can't, I can't. So we don't, we don't need senior Sanchez becoming bait out here. Yeah, (laughs) We need his hands. So, (laughs) well, Bree, if folks want to, you know, check out what the heck we're talking about with a raccoon on a jet ski fishing, uh, where, where can they follow you, follow you and kind of see what all you're getting into? Awesome. Yeah. So Brie Andresy, my initials BA. So BA fishing on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. You guys can find me there. And you can find Senor Sanchez on Instagram as Sanchez the Raccoon. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it, Bree. We really enjoyed this one today. And thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by National Land Realty. Hey, guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. Also brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. Also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Built by sportsmen for sportsmen. MallardBay.com. Man, what a cool interview, Joe. You've definitely got to check out her Instagram and her YouTube. She's uh she's no joke. She uh she's the real deal angler. She catches some really big fish on that thing. It's it's cool to watch. Yeah, I mean uh uh with a raccoon in tow and most of the time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. But you know, man, I mean there's a place. There's a place. What I'm for thinking this. is, is how cool would it be if me and you were to roll out of here, cruise down Mobile Bay, stop at the ships, catch a few sardines, put them in the live well, haul butt 15 miles out and catch some snapper. That would be pretty incredible. It would be a lot of fun. It would make it like I was saying. I would want my own. I would want my own, of course. I don't want to be on yours, but well, yeah, you know, it sounds yeah. like it's big enough for two grown men for sure, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know about that, but, uh, the idea of it, it's a, it's a challenge, right? Like it's going to make just your normal type of fishing more challenging. But the other thing I see is that like, how many days do you want to just run out there by yourself or, you know, um, with a buddy and, and a big bo- a boat that you're going to take to do that is it's a little much, you know, it's definitely a lot much of work. for one person, even for two people, it's a lot still to deal with. And like you're saying, you catch a slick day. These things go fast. It's not like it's right. not like you couldn't run out to a, a spot 15 miles off 
and not be there and just lightning fast. I think it's I think it's really cool. To me, it seems like a really good option for somebody that maybe is is in that kayak fishing realm and they are looking to step it up just a little bit, get a little more room, a little, little faster, further. a little more range. Exactly. Yeah. Like she I, said, I love it. be able to run in from those afternoon thunder showers that we get. I could see it being a great option there, but I can also see it being a great option for that person who really likes to fish and they want to go and they don't want to always have to count on having a partner, you know, to be able to help them yeah. launch the boat and deal with the boat and everything that goes into that. Or the person that really just likes to be on the water and fish sometimes. I mean, you right. can do a ton of other stuff in this thing, man. You can run to the beach. You can run to the West End. I mean, you could run to Orange Beach. I mean, with a hundred mile range, what couldn't you do really? Right. Absolutely. You got some, you got a great artificial reef system inside of eight miles. Oh, very close. You know, Absolutely. state waters. And then, and then on top of that, just being able to throw these suckers in the garage. Oh you know, man. It's Not to deal. mention the storage and maintenance. Yeah. I mean, if you had two of them, you could store and maintain them for a percentage of what you, you know, for a 25, 26 foot boat, it would be yeah, big, big difference. Yeah, no doubt. If you want to go by yourself, you got one, you, and you've got one and a backup. If you want to go with a buddy, you got one and your buddy's got one. And then, you know, you want to take a person with you. That's not, she, I mean, she's doing it. It's not like it's out of the realm of possibility. It's not going to be right for everybody, but it's a, it's a cool option. It's cool that they've really taken jet skis which have been around for a long time and just made them fishing jet skis and done some really smart upgrades to make that experience all around better agreed this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by lnm marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats pontoon boats to bigger bait boats offshore boats and hybrids lnm marine llc prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust they are locally owned and regularly support the community lnm marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members financial experts service technicians and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you go visit their friendly reliable and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray trigger fish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about Snapper Check, please visit OutdoorsAlabama.com. 
and by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And this episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on the water performance gear.